Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Dana. Three, two, Three, two one. one. Anagasta. Anna, before Anna I, it's Anna Dana. Anna Gastier, David. You said Anna. That it's not correct. You say it's Anna. Banana Hi, I'm, I'm Scotty Scold. I you say said banana. It wrong. <laughs> wrong. It was special K with banana. <laughs> Issue number two. Who's one of the best female cast members or male cast members in the history of Saturday Night Live? Anna Gastire. More tune, teeny tiny tunes on TV. <laughs> Contracte. Teeny weeny weeny tiny teeny. We've been here seven hours. We're oh very punchy, God. but that was from the McLaughlin group. I just McLaughlin did. group. Dana yes. doing the McLaughlin group. Wrong. Wrong. That's was, that was kind of the catchphrase. On Saturday Night Live. Anyway. Oh, let me tell you a story, Dana, about before we get to yes. Anna, who was wonderful, of course, and uh, very talented and great to talk to. Uh, uh, well, oh, I talked to my mom yesterday, right? So my mom, who doesn't complain, oh, my mom is tough. Love your mom. And she said, she loves Dana. And she goes, oh, we're, we're fans. are you doing it with Dana? Oh, he's so fun. Oh, everything. Oh, you weren't on Kimmel. No, why don't I know this? Was it on <laughs> Facebook? I go, I think it was in TV Guide, if that's a thing. TV yeah. Guide. She goes, is it in TV Guide? I didn't see. And I go, oh, oh, can you find it? And I go, whenever I send her a link, she posted immediately. I go, mom, they send me a link, but it's like a secret. You can't post it. <laughs> no, I have to. <laughs> so she'll post any picture, you know, so... She posts a picture at a dinner, you know, she put, like, you take it. The waiter, can you, do you know how to take a picture? He's like, yeah, but I have 18 plates. Just real quick. And so, takes it. It's the worst it picture of all of us. And then, bing, it's on Facebook in five seconds. I go, mom, you have to run it by us. No. No, I don't. So, oh. I'm your mom. So, she goes, oh, I'm still sore because we went away to Newport for 4th of July. And she goes, oh, my foot. And I go, what? And she goes, I think I broke my toes. I go, you did today? And she goes, no, two weeks ago. It's so painful. I can't put a... Mom, what are you doing? Go to the doctor. She goes, I'm going, but I don't want to be complaining. So she goes there and she goes, ooh, he put a boot on me. It's nice. It's summer. I don't mind because it's open. And I said, oh, what happened? Mm. Oh, they were both smashed and most of my foot is broken. I go, mom, uh, in two weeks, you're lugging that thing uh, around? And then I go, mom, this ruins it because to help you with bills, I was going to put you on only feats. <laughs> she goes, what's that? I go, it's sexy picture of feet. I was going to take a picture of yours to make money. She goes, oh, this is not the time. It, they look so bad. I go, first she doesn't know you know I'm joking. I go, oh, but we need them. She goes, oh, give me three weeks, five weeks. 
They and by the way, they're not that great. I go, Mom, I know I've seen them. I don't even know if they're feet. So wait a minute. She's now, 85. <laughs> she really thought you were gonna take <laughs> she pictures really of get her it. feet and monetize them online yeah. on a platform called Only Feet. But she was worried because her toes were broken. Yeah. L- give me a few weeks. And okay. her eighty five year old feet wouldn't be in pristine condition to get guys to buy them. God, but she that's didn't like quite a get it. She was like, episode. All she heard was me saying like I needed you to help with bills or something. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll get them. They'll be back. Oh, in two seconds, I'll just get them going again. <laughs> and I go, mom, it's fine. We're not, we're not to at only feats yet. Oh. She goes, oh, okay. But I can, I can pitch in too. I can do stuff. I go, mom, you're not pitching in. Anna Gosteyer. Had Anna to, Gosteyer. You had to struggle through those stories to get to Anna, but you did it and you're a champ, people. So here's Anna, and I hope you like her. We had a great time with her. She is so, so funny. She can be big. She can be small. I mean, she did the the PBS one with, with Molly Shannon. ball. Yeah. And that whispery, That's quiet voice That's a big all-time. She's just so funny <laughs> and nice. Enjoy. And we and a little trivia. We've both done Martha Stewart. What? Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. Clear frame. Let's check it out. That's a little rocking chair to the left. Wow. Where do you think that is? Guitar. Covington or Valencia or Beverly Hills? Covington? I just made a name up. That's where I shot Jodert too. Look at that guitar. Is this Guitar Center? (laughs) All our references are show business reference. (laughs) I don't know anything real. I wouldn't go to any city for any other reason. That was, yeah, uh, Master Disguise. uh, (laughs) You know the story. I probably should tell it later. Wait for Anna. But that's almost too dark. We might have to cut it. Me in the turtle outfit doing a prayer. Woo! Don't say one thing until she gets here. She just left. Oh, did that work? You look hello. Yes, I hear you. fantastic. Okay, like everything's about to die. My computer, my AirPods. I see a guitar and a piano. Would there? You know, it's an art. It's an artistic bohemian environment. Are they ever? Are they ever touched? Do, do yeah. I I know you sing your ass off, but you ask you play too. The, well, uh, the piano is more for my kids and for rehearsal, for me. Um, because I hate renting, you know, I live in New York, so you have to rent a place to go and meet somebody, but I actually have a piano, so I make people come here, which is helpful. That's great. And then the guitar. Who plays the guitar? The guitar is just for drunkards. You know, you gotta have that around for drunkards. And we have a pickup. We also have a uke. Mm -hmm. And we also have a violin, because I really do that. And really? I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I did it like I, seriously as a kid. And then that was like my pandemic obsession is I basically, I basically, because so when I turned 50, I turned to my family very sincerely and said, hey, <laughs> you know, I would love to celebrate somehow. And my husband said, anything you want, where would you like to go? Like, let's do something cool. You want to do a cooking class? Like, what is it? And I said, okay, I'm not joking. I want to go to country Western fiddle camp with everybody. And I want you all to take clogging and I want to learn how to fiddle. And they all looked at me and immediately said, no, we're not doing that. So um, <laughs> Why I was not? shut you down. One I know, it was my birthday. So over the pandemic, I just was like, fuck it. This is my fiddle time. So I started fiddling. I started taking all these because you could go to all these camps online. Let me ask you a question. Was it how how many years had it been since you'd really been into the fiddle when you started back? Did you just do you play every day? I go day through or? like weird bingey phases. Right. Like I won't play for seven years and then like I'll end up having a phase where I play every day for three months. And do you make up stuff when you're doing it or very or do you do stuff you already know? 
I, so that's what I was trying to challenge <laughs> myself to this time was because it, when you learn classical music, it's super anal and square and like, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is that a tiny violin? Are you playing right. a tiny violin for me? I just did a little, <laughs> teeny, really know. little teeny mime of violin. I don't violin. even know what a fiddle is. I'm just playing Dana, along. Dana, you yeah. have I'm to like, mime it bigger. They really can't see what yeah, you're doing. It has to be grander. It has to have some vibrato. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, well, you're, so, you're playing, yeah. So I'll, who I'll would be, uh, is Yo-Yo Ma someone who improvises? None of those guys improvise. They, they're just all tech. No, I mean, the problem, you know, it's really like, oh, it's two different things, actually. Like, it's literally... It's like people down in Nashville, you know, because you play, you play, right? What do you play? I have a uh, an electric piano and a guitar, and I do a yeah. little uh, V drums. You don't fiddle. drums, but they just uh, speak to me pretty much daily. All I'm very undisciplined about learning songs, but yeah. I but I learned if I fell by the Beatles. And that opened up a lot of chords for me. So then I just make, make up chord progressions to treat my anxiety disorder. Everyone that's has a to, good, it's very hip. It suits. Yeah. Well, that's the only reason. That's why I say when I go on these binges with it, it's like, uh, it, it is, it's just an act of meditation and not to be all artsy about it, but. No, you can be, we want, we want to go downtown in this podcast. Like, let's go here's downtown, what, man. Here's what let's I want. Downtown. Here's what I want to know out of absolute curiosity. And we've yes. done it with other guests. Your formative years, which I'm labeling age four to age 12 or 13, when things impact you more, like, okay, how old were you? What like, what are some of the movies that affected you in the seventies? You're growing up. What did you oh, or, or um, Broadway shows? Yeah, or what, yeah, yeah. What, what informed? Wait, do you guys hear weird feedback? A little humming. Yeah, humming. A light humming. I I hear light humming. I don't. <laughs> a light Tibetan humming. I feel like it's Dana's then. Okay, I'm gonna let it go. I'm not gonna worry about it because I just want to make sure like I haven't broken something. Um, no. It sounds uh, good here. Look at that hair. I have a lot of hair. Hair's great. I know. My wife has a lot of hair too. It's crazy. Is this a Pantene commercial or what's going it is. on? Well, I, I thought I thought through this podcast I could maybe get a hair commercial. <laughs> you might. Um, I won't. We've you already never know. we've already called Prell. Oh, <laughs> we've already good. called so, oh, Perk. Good. Per head minus. And shoulders. I feel like it, it'll have to be a slightly senior oriented one. Um uh okay. What movies? Uh, yeah, formative year movies. So um def I mean again, we're we're all of a of an era that went to movies and movie theaters. We didn't have VCRs and so forth. Exactly. We were analog. Yeah. We were yes. analog. Yeah. And I grew up in DC. We didn't even have cable until like late in almost in like the early nineties. So we didn't even okay. have it. So we, you didn't we even like a, see Carol Burnett and do you have those traditional influences? Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. So yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. For so uh definitely I would say for me personally, Bob Newhart like was an mm-hmm. early just yeah. somebody I kind of wanted to I don't know, like that. I think the timing was probably the thing I was most kind of yeah like, attracted to. If that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mel Very Brooks dry. for sure. By the way, Very back dry. to back to Newhart. I like Newhart. Didn't really know that it would be. Now that you just said that, he was dry. And of course, as a kid, okay. I like goofy comedy. Why I liked him, I don't know. I was thinking it was so throwaway. And it was Great. so over our heads. It was like in a therapist's yes. office. Like none of it really like, yeah. I didn't resonate. know what it was about. You're right. Like the, the, like the, it was just pure dry, yeah. very measured delivery. His timing is absolutely perfection. As, yeah. It's perfection. Yeah. So I think if I had to pick one oddly, like even above and beyond Carol Burnett and all those guys, that would have been the one that I w- was like, oh, I want to be like him when I grow up. And then Letterman, of course, too. But And you said you said Mel, Mel Brooks, which is interesting. So Mel Brooks movie wise. And, and I think like in terms of my sense of humor now of like 
I think, I think um, I grew up, so to frame it, so I mean, we want my to get a are, background. You're you're in Washington D.C. Yeah, my yeah. It's, it was a pretty like by. It was not a very like pop culturey household. It was like classical music, and my mom thinks a lot of stuff is tacky. So like, I I wasn't allowed to belt. I had to sing legit. Like if you, I had to take ballet. I couldn't take ah, jazz. Like it was like everything Aguilera was very like and cheat. Wow. No, no, she hates an Aguilera. She thinks it's super tacky. They're cheaters. To this day, she's like, she's got to blow her voice out. I'm like, well, so far, <laughs> she's doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, so there was a little more sort of like uh, aspirant class class stuff in my family, a little bit. Um, but also my dad's super funny and my mom's an amazing audience. So like, so as much as they were like that, if I did bits, they laugh at them. Um, but I certainly didn't think I was going to be a comedian. I went to college to be a, a, a voice major. I was an opera major. That's like how I went to, I didn't want to be an opera singer, but I didn't think that was oh. like my sideways move. You know, what's yeah. interesting. A, my dad was funny. So I was trying to, and my mom was kind of funny. So I'm trying to impress, I guess. So I just, it's, I'm probably a research paper of their humor, sense of humor. Yeah. My dad liked Mel Brooks. So I did, but with you, yeah. you've got music and you've got uh, funny two things you like, and they're sort of merging the rest of your life in a weird way. Oh, totally. I mean, by a complete accident and people get really confused by it, but you're right. Then you reach the certain generation in your own life and you're like, oh yeah, this is all making sense. Because for a long time, it felt like road less traveled. Oh, I'm such a weirdo. Why do I, you know, and now eventually like, oh, it's just what I am. You know what I mean? But, um, well, right. Has there, I mean, so you're taking lessons. I mean, what lessons did you take? Just take, you took ballet? I was a relentless, I mean, it was so much violin. It was just, and so much... And so much, like, I think that's why I find earnest people so funny, like, like the delicious dish ladies that we did, like a lot of the yeah. characters that I'm obsessed with are the Bobby and Marty on SNL. They were, they were mm. all informed by just people with absolutely no sense of humor. Yeah. They're, I you know, love it. You know, it, it, classical music people are amazing, but they're there. It's, it's just a real earnest, humorless, real earnest game. Earnestness you know? is, is making a comeback. I think a little bit earnest. Unfortunately. Yeah. I think we're, we're stuck in it for a minute, but that's how <laughs> I went to like, I, this yeah. is the worst of the earnestness. This is actually what this was the, the, the catalytic event and why I finally quit violin. Um, I, we, you know, it was like a more broke summer. So the summer before my parents were a little flush and they sent me to Interlochen, which is like the big, like classical music summer camp. And it was incredible. And I was like surrounded by other like violinists and whatever. And then the next summer they're like, we can't go there. It's too expensive, but you can go. And we've signed you up for chamber music camp at Gettysburg college. There's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like crime puberty. <laughs> Like literally on your day offs, you would go to civil war battlefields. Like it was the Jesus. biggest hot and like a humid, like a swampy, humid pavilion <laughs> with viola players, you know, like just like the worst. And that was it. I was like, I'm out. I'm not doing violin anymore. But then I could, I could, I kind of parlayed <laughs> voice because I would be wow. like the lead in the musicals and stuff. Cause, cause you sing, you sing, it's just like what you're kind of born with to a degree. And so I was like, oh, this is my, this might be my meal ticket. And that, then, so that was your fun camp for the summer. My fun camp was the Gettysburg College Chamber Music Ensemble Camp. At 13. Good God. I love right, it. You it just, you'd rather do anything else. Anything. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. Mm -hmm. And what makes a home is more than just house or property. It's the location and the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. 
This is really, really a smart uh, thing. If you have kids, it's also schools, regards to homes, nearby parks, transportation mm-hmm. options. That's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. Yeah, and when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, Mm -hmm. student-to-teacher ratio. This is stuff you need. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's right. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place, homes.com. We've done your homework. When you were growing up and going uh, through that era, what were you thinking, I'm going to be a singer? Or, or at some point, I want to be a comedian? And when did they meld? I mean, you, they just organically SNL, meld. that you pays off. So like at, at Gettysburg yeah. Camp, like I was super famous for lip syncing Funky Town. Like that was my thing. Oh, really? That I was known. <laughs> and everybody else was like, you know, dun, dun, like dun. just jamming on the Brandenburg. Yeah, Great exactly. Funk. Yeah. Um, and I remember this girl said to my mom, she's like, she's such a funny, she's, she was like, she's so talented. And my mom was like, oh, did you play the Brandenburg with her? She was like, no, no, no. Have you seen her lip sync Funky Town? Um, my <laughs> not mom even was sing. Like, crushed. Yeah. No, not even singing. Not even singing. Just a masterful dubbing. Uh, oh, yes. No, it very clearly the, the, the roads met at Northwestern because I went to be a voice major. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Um, I could tell a million stories of like, again, just profound earnestness. The moment in time was in an ethnomusicology class, a lecture at eight o'clock in the morning. And Dana, I feel like this is a character that you would do. It was a man was uh, it was a it was a man who's like Ph.D. level renown in the world was that he could sing overtones and he had like studied with the tibetans so he could sing like and something else would like float above it and he had no like discursive style he had not gone to toastmasters he was not good he wasn't good in front of groups and he would but and he but and he had to get moved in order for the overtone to happen so it would just happen like you know sometimes Really? Dana can play <laughs> Lorne as a monk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you still at the show? Marcy! Marcy! Um, so- anyway, that was the moment. And I, I actually, I, I became unglued and I uh, was asked to leave the lecture because I was making too much noise laughing. And at that moment, I was like, I can't be a voice major. And I met all the improv people. I met oh, okay. all the improv people and did improv, like, and and like ended up transferring to the theater school and like found the tribe. And I did not do any voice at all. I like smoked cigarettes and partied and did improv. And you had voice locked in. So you are, you're like, I'm already good. I know how you to are, sing. So I think you're right. Imp- singers, are, tricky. singers are born, right? Don't you think? I mean, singers... Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to train. Like, if you want to do Broadway, you have to train. And that that I did after SNL. I was pretty late to that because I because then I like went to SNL. And as you guys know, it's such a like perma shit show that I was I was kind of like shit show. <laughs> we'll dig into that later. Shit show. Yeah. <laughs> but it's no I mean, what this is like my reductive way of saying this. But like, I feel like at SNL, you're always just pulling it off. Yeah. If you're lucky. And mm. there was this part of me that's like you know, whatever, wherever it came from, the like sort of 
a student part of me that was like, I want to do something well. Like I want to refine it and Nail make it, it better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think I went to do theater almost immediately. Yeah. Um, Cause we were here in New York and, and, and Broadway is like to the, to a fault. Wait, are you saying after uh, SNL, you wanted after. to do that? After SNL. Because yeah. SNL yeah. also SNL, one problem Dana and I mentioned is it's one take. And sometimes right. it would be so much better if you could just start again real quick. You get off on the wrong foot and you're like, God damn. And then you're like in it and you go, totally. I'm going and, and I think it's that's not why working. It's like such a comfort to do recurring characters. Cause you're like, you start to understand their moves and you need yeah. the nuances and you know, all of that. Oh um, yeah. I know that the writers don't think recurring characters are cool, but like that's, and that's where you get better at them all the time. That like, keeps the so, lights on at NBC. Those no recurring kidding. characters are the money. I, I like to watch recurring characters, so I don't mind I doing them, them as well. I, I like catchphrases. I like things I've I'm familiar with. Um, so where I totally how, agree. What was the journey? So so you well you we know you went to Broadway after SNL, and you you were at Northwestern. You started meeting your tribe. Oh, yeah. So and then you so get to Growling somehow, right? Or what? Yeah, that, what was a bossy the next a bossy a bossy gay from college told me to move to LA. <laughs> a bossy like, gay. gay. I love these phrases. Gay. Yeah, you need, you know, everyone needs one, and uh, and especially because like, yeah, I just hadn't. It had never occurred to me that I would be on TV. Like that wasn't like my dream, really. I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't, but I I liked I, I loved comedy, and I knew I was good at comedy from college. You probably like, kind of, like me didn't even consider that was a possibility. I didn't. So I it knew wasn't it was even like a dream saying you were going to be president of the United States in my family. Exactly. Or, or the yeah. first man on the moon. It was so surreal that the people on TV, Flip Wilson or whoever you want to name, was like, no, no. I, I, you know, I'm going to be You're doing right. You that. couldn't have been Flip Wilson, it turns out. Oh, oh I couldn't have. <laughs> Geraldine, though, the first uh, Geraldine. sort of drag thing. But I, I never yeah. wanted to be in drag, but I was, I guess, sort of. You yeah. Know? But anyway. Why so, not? Uh, why not? Just be loose, just be happy. Uh, be so what? So then you go to LA, or what? Are, what's that step to the yeah, ground? Yeah. So I went yeah. to LA. I did a tour show. I did that. Um, the they do. But do you remember they did the live performances of the Brady Bunch? Yes. Oh yes. wow. The real live Brady Bunch. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I I, I got cast in that national tour, like right oh. out of college, and it was amazing. Like we, Davy Jones <laughs> was on the bus with us. Really? Um, oh. and, yeah, from the monkeys. Oh uh, yeah. And we and we drove. We like went to every college. We were like rock stars. We would just go in and do the. We would do actual episodes verbatim of the Brady Bunch. And oddly, I loved the Brady Bunch when I was a kid, which I think has less to do with the fact that I thought it was funny. I just found it super comforting because my house was kind of crazy and artsy too, and very disorganized. Like I didn't know anybody who had like matching shit. I love you know it. like that. Oh, that yeah. was that was. Cheerful. Did you do the songs yeah. like a time for change or keep on or any of those? They did some of those, and they wrote some of it. I can't even remember anymore. Yes, there was a or whole sunshiny thing. day. Hey, but Dana, what was the name of the dog from the Brady Bunch? Alice uh, Buster. Go ahead. Did you say Alice? <laughs> wow, <laughs> nerd alert! Um, that's an nobody, old joke. Nobody knows Brady Bunch anymore. I did this event last I year. Know. It was a real, kind of a sad event, and oh, Greg Brady was there hmm. doing trivia, which you know, tells you everything. And, um, uh, and, and nobody knew any like, literally like, what was the name of the maid? I'm like, that's not trivia. That's just like a basic fact. Can you hum, <laughs> can you hum or so sing angry. the theme song? Cause I, I remember can. that being Me? a pretty good theme yeah. song. No, not only that, I used to tape record it like with an old school, like whatever. I Sony had tape one. Recorder that I had my a Craig tape recorder, real to real. 
You and I would probably, tape yeah. it exactly, and I would listen to it in bed at night, and it at would be all age? the different. Like, how old are you? <sighs> That's maybe seven yeah, or eight. I mean, seven or eight. But it, yeah, I okay. remember I loved the variations on the theme. So like, dun 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 and then the violins would come in. Yeah, yeah. She had like a mullet too. The mom, I had a crush on her. That's Carol. Sure. Carol was so cute. That's your next uh, show after uh, Sugar and Booze, I think. Just just humming all those TV themes throughout history. Uh, oh, I, Suicide is Painless. Suicide is Painless. Suicide is Painless. Uh, that, that's, when I hear the real song, uh, is so sad. You're gonna make it after all. Let me right? tell you. Just, well, I, I can do this all day. I mean, I, I, no, I, I want to tell you, the guy that sings that, Dana, the guy that sings that has a lisp, kind of, and he goes, mm -hmm. that sexy look will do wonders for you. You know that guy? And they took that no. part out of the theme song because he said sexy. So they and really? they were that. right to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. MASH. What about MASH? Uh, you know, I actually, I have a, I'm sure you would agree with this theory. I actually think that half-hour television has been super hit by not having the theme song Theme song was, I love them all. They they don't have theme songs. Is that that right? Well, I mean, except for on HBO and all those shows are hits and, 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 right. and Netflix. But yeah. I, I'm convinced because it's like this little porthole. Like it takes you into the oh, world. Oh, yeah. You know? Alice was a good one. There's a lot of great ones. Cheers really had a great ones. one. You're going. None of them have any more. They're just like. Bum, they bum. are genius bum, bum. at making them catchy. Bum, bum, it's unbelievable. Bum. It's incredible. And it reorients you to the vibe of the show. Like Queen's mm -hmm. Gambit, when we were, I watched it every time, even though I knew it was coming and you could skip it. Um, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Real quickly, when you played the violin for Anwar Sadat, do you still keep in touch? Uh, unfortunately, no. He oh. has passed. Is oh, okay. Real? <laughs> I think he was famously assassinated. Who have I been DMing this whole time? <laughs> um, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Where? Chuckle, chuckle. I have um, to put jokes in. I know you do. You're right, and you're good. At, you're a master. You're a master. Dana just passion. texted me and said, "Shut up." This is called. It's called. <laughs> not just every eight or nine seconds. A little app. I go. It just says, "Shut up, David." <laughs> Shut how up. How many? Of, how many of these have you guys done? Uh, this is our first. Yeah, we're such rookies. What we don't even know what's what going on. What we're finding is like I'm finding this is that uh, it's mm -hmm. you, there's so many people that you run into, and I remember you. I, you're one of the first names I said. Can we get Anna Gasteyer? And they're like, okay. Just because I remember when I was hosting or around just how real you were and fun. And you just Aww. were very, uh, just, I don't know, just had this vibe about you. told me this. You know, I mean. You did? Yes. I mean, it's just comedians. Um, I like comedians a lot. <laughs> I, just, I do too. I like, I like their cynicism. I like the way they read the room. I mean, they just. Of all of us that have been on the show, like, like I'll feel like there's some head nod that you know even if i don't know the people but if they've been on the show you automatically have something to either say or talk about it and we talk in shorthand i think it's fun for people to hear it because i have a question for you that i might know the answer but i don't really like when i i hosted and i think you were there but we you know you did martha stewart and then i did martha stewart i forgot <laughs> what is the protocol if a host I don't know if I wanted to do it, but if a host wants to do something, but a cast member does it, a, uh, an impersonation. Well, I think that's like a well-known impersonation. They'll give it back, right? Like it's, yeah. I don't know. Dana, did you do Bush at the same time as Will? 
no, no, because he he did W, which I do in my standup. Oh, right, right, but, right. I know, you know that. Sorry, who, that's, yeah, that, no, but yeah. but whoever does it on SNL uh, owns it. It's kind of does the president. That's kind of the bully pulpit of doing that impression. Yeah, no. but Spade is saying that he did not get to own Martha Stewart, and I think his feelings were a little bit hurt. No, no, no. I I, I only did it as a host. It was a one-time deal, but then I felt bad. I was like, I don't want to do something someone does. But oh, well, I don't have any memory of a sore spot around it. So that okay. that right there, I really it wasn't was bad. Um, by the way, my 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 impression is basically, you look like Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the writers telling me and i'm like really uh you have blonde hair and then i wear a wig anyway so who can anybody can look like right. it didn't even right and right. i think i have a mustache i'm like well it must have been before i was there because we did a lot of them like yeah. it was like a pretty like yeah in fact that's like my first not that you're asking but since like it's an running, snl related thing, thing but it was my first thing that i thought like i had a, i had been on the air and other sketches but that was the first one i was like oh i'm not gonna get fired because I felt like, oh shit, people were, we did Martha Stewart's topless Christmas and it was like a, <laughs> like a breakthrough. Like yeah. I felt like and it was maybe my like fourth show or something, fifth show. But you were doing, but it, just, but you were doing like an actual thought out thing. And I'm like, this one's Martha Stewart. You have a wig on. I'm like, Hey everybody, right. I'm Martha Stewart. I auditioned, I, she was one of the things I auditioned with. Oh, like okay, somebody see. told me, Will, Will called me, um, you know, uh, he was like, heads up, it's not a very organized audition process. And they're, <laughs> heads up, you know, no and shit. like, right. And all the <laughs> groundlings, you know, like, we don't do impressions of the groundlings. That's not like what they're about. Mm. But I, I had always, I, I, obviously, like, you write what you know. Like, I actually read her magazines and I kind mm -hmm. of, I grew up in this pretty, like, in my, my high school and stuff, lots of like very patrician women. And I can right. kind of like, I, I knew what that was all about. And so I was like, oh, I can write something really brief as that because will called he was like hey they're gonna call you at the last minute which they did like the day before and they're like hey do you have any impressions um and mm -hmm. which obviously if you're not an impressionist is like a pants shitter of a question sure so uh i did in the back of my mind i was just like i'm gonna prep two and then if i if i need them i'll have them were you with will at the ground who was on the groundlings that that uh so will was a was technically a groundling and so was sherry o'terry um but they were ahead of me and I had I had done like a couple improv sets with Will. That was it. And then I found out later that like, of course, in that way, uh, when they he had recommended me, he was just like they were looking because I came in. So there was that huge turnover in '95, and then they made like two Twizzles in '96, and they were me and Tracy Morgan. So um, it wasn't like a big everybody audition. It was like they were just looking for a black guy and a white woman. I think that's when I left. You left right before. I left. Anna. I did one yeah. season with Will and Sherry. Right, because you did the season. Right, you did the update desk. Yeah, I did like a, a little separate bit, and yeah, then, um, right. And then I was out because I felt like that year was separating me from sort of my guys, and so yeah, your people were definitely in the crowd before for sure. And so I was like, yeah. I, what am I still doing? I was sort of in between, and then I just didn't know what to do. And Lauren <laughs> goes, "Do you want to do five minutes a week? Just do whatever you want." I'm like, yeah. Meanwhile, I have no ideas. I <laughs> go, yeah, awesome. for sure. And then, <laughs> and then I just would write stuff. But I felt separate from the crowd. I felt like Signorelli yeah. or Schiller. Like I, <laughs> I'm not part of. Yeah. You know, I'm just doing a bit that isn't really interactive with everyone else. I wasn't in sketches. I don't think. Right. So it was time to time to go. It does yeah, kind of that. push people out in a way. But now they're staying a lot longer, which is interesting. It's not yeah. a big deal to do ten. He 12 lets them years. do stuff. 
he lets them go do other stuff. Come when and the go. old days, you couldn't really do right, that. Right, you had to pick. Yeah, I, like, I know, if you want to but, be in a movie, but we're not leave. bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not bitter. I don't mean it that way, but it no, is no, a different... No, no, I'm kidding. But that, yeah, I do notice that, that people can come and go. Then you might stay for, with the show for a much longer if it wasn't The other thing an is, and this is like, now I'm going to just be like an old, bitchy... We love it. Showbiz bra. Yeah, we'll but, join. Like, don't I was worry. thinking about it before I was talking to you guys, and I was... You know, because I feel the same way, like such a tight fraternity. And it really is. You put it really well, David, of like, I remember I'd never met Sandler before. And we were at some Broadway thing. And we, I think we were both gone by then. Mm-hmm. And he was on down the row. And he just literally did the nod that you were talking about. Where he yeah. was like, mm-hmm, yeah, got you, it. We were like, been yeah, there. got it. You know, yeah. it was just like, yeah. we would, we could talk after. And Kate McKinnon, I had never met. And she was in front of me at a Broadway thing and just turned around. She was like, do you ever not know what to write? Like, it was just like an immediate, like, we were the <laughs> exactly. oldest friends. You know, like, it was, it's wild it's- how it like brings. Up. That it but is generationally yeah. the fact that they don't they don't ever have to go and that there are 150 of them and I think also <laughs> like in terms of social media and the kind of construct of everybody being a brand now like our generation I think in, and this is such a fucking like we may as well be at the Screen Actors Guild home like in Rockers <laughs> right now but you know the in my day I feel like I do feel like there was more sort of worship of the show, like the idea of like, we're here to serve the show and Lorne. And now I feel like there's so many of them are like, what can the show do for me? Like Uh how fast will my brand expand and how many things, you know, because it's got this different, that's why they all stay around forever because they, it's just going to like. Show business just shifted because when, when Nike wanted to do Hans and Franz for their just do it campaign for a lot of money. Uh, right? different time. Lauren called me. It's not. It's not what we do, you know, because we're mm-hmm. we're still tethered romantically to John Lennon or Bob Dylan, or you never sell out. You do. So when I came off the show, when I had all that heat from Wayne's World and everything, you know, yeah. I didn't really do any commercials. But now cast members, it's transition. They can do all these they, different literally all of them. Yeah, which and brings I, us back to Prell. Could we maybe get Prell <laughs> yeah. back on the phone? Uh, can you have your producers have them get back? They I could see you kind of strutting around. Your hair's all fluffed. You're singing some Broadway <laughs> tune. You come off stage, right? You just, there's a curtain call. And Perfect. then you, do, yeah, and you course, go right to camera. I want to be you know? popular. I sip the water and go, hi. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thanks, Charlie. Hi. I haven't hi. washed my hair in eight days. But because I wash it with Prell, <laughs> still looks exactly. pretty fab. I think it works. And then I try to pull in one catchphrase just to make it. <laughs> yeah. Just to make it relevant. Yeah. Be- not because I'm worth it, but something in that world. It's something from because SNL. I'm like, me. I, so I go yeah. like, I go like, it's a good thing, or say something like Martha Stewart or something. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figuring figuring out how to get the perfect piece. At the best price. I hate to say it. Price yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David. And find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? 
They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because... Um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing, and the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information, and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store, and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Yeah, or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant, and it's like, <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes, and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. Yeah, no thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case. You got 30-day returns. Mm-hmm. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. So Viore is um, a versatile, comfortable Athleisure wear is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's designed to look good in every for everyday life. Like I got the shorts; they're called the men's core short, and I also got just a regular t-shirt. Mm-hmm. But I have some sweats, so they're basically all of it works for me. I like it; it works. Um, I wore it on the road this weekend because it's sort of easy to wear anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't work out all the time, but, but um, you know. Yeah, of course. This is, uh, I go into the stores. You can always go on the website, but they do a great job. They're just, they're a little above the knee. You can Mm -hmm. go anywhere with them. I don't wear them on the plane, the shorts. I know the guy I was with was wearing shorts on the plane, which is kind of gross. In first class? Mm, Coach. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you can go commando in in confidence with the breathable boxer brief liner. Interesting. Yes, it is very interesting. And for the women's performance jogger, what I hear is you meet the pants you'll never want to take off. The performance joggers have a slim but relaxed fit with a slightly cropped leg. Can you picture it, David? Side pockets and a drawstring designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. I think Bill Burr wore those to the golf tournament. Uh, (laughs) There's a a fresh take on the... uh, men's performance jogger that's a staple in every wardrobe i have a lot of uh joggers sort of sweats the old way to call it mm-hmm. uh they're made of premium recycled performance stretch fabric shorter inseam keep you moving with less bulk around your ankles these joggers are equal parts style and comfort Viore mm-hmm. is an investment in your happiness for our listeners they're offering 20 percent off your first purchase Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash fly. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash fly. Not only will you receive 20% off on your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viori.com slash fly and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You know, when I was doing the show, we (laughs) had the problem of doing a movie at the same time. 
But I think when Will Ferrell hosted a couple, about two years ago, I saw Pete Davidson went to a wedding in Miami. And I was like, I I couldn't be Tommy Boy. I couldn't leave to do anything. Pete does his own thing. He's great. I mean, he's just dancing above the whole thing. There's different ways they handle different situations on the show. And I think it's just flipped one day where we can work around it. And it was never even... Uh, you couldn't even bring it up before. Steve Higgins, you yeah. know, he has a funny, he's really fun to talk to about the show. But Steve Higgins told me, he's like, Lorne wrote the Constitution <laughs> for what yeah. is SNL. And then he lets oh generations do what they will with it, you know. Amendments. I don't know. That's such a good way of putting it. It's true. I would like to, just for a second, when we always talk about, you know, the esprit de corps and we're like ex-Marines, not literally, but you know what I mean, is just the uh, the the dirty greasiness of it, like you're sweating, the wig's coming off, the pins, the, your underclothes, yes. you're, you're being moved. Your underpinnings. I would sometimes, they take a wig off and they put one on and I, I I need to see myself. Oh, I'm Jimmy Stewart now, you know? So the freneticism of it at times and the quick changes and almost falling there is a there is a battlefield aspect to it. It's it's a rock and roll kind of emotionally violent, you know. Dick, so <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> yeah, and also there's so much noise because the band is usually playing so loud, and you it's forget so, that if they're going, I can't. This one is when you and, and the writers looking at the notes oh and you're God, like, uh huh, okay. Like, Heads up, we're short for time. Cuts on the air. Yeah, uh, I remember I was doing I was doing Doctor Laura, and we got to like the that was the closest I ever got to just like purely, just like a 10 second sketch that was like cut to the, you know, uh, emergency like broadcast stripes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally because they were on the floor. I remember Paula Pell was like on the floor during this, you know, I think it was Jenna yeah. or Van Rye. Somebody's like going, spinning their hand in front of the camera, like wrap it up. And you're like, we just started. How we you started. wrap it up? How like, you wrap like, it up? You know, and they're like, we're gonna head up. You're like staring at the cards and Paula's like shouting and they're taping off. Like Wally's like rewriting. <laughs> So it's just oh, like on like, the cards. Oh my on god! On the cards. So like during the sketch, which folded from like two and a half minutes to like around fifteen seconds. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you're just oh, yeah. like welcome to the show, and we're wrapping it up. Like it was just like the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, that, that was shit. So adrenal. I was doing church chat once. I had the the cards, and I'm running them during the commercial, and then they sat down in a chair, a seven foot man. So while the show starts and then I can't see half of each card, the seven foot man's head. And so you're in your head going, what the fuck is a seven foot man's head in front of the cue card? And yet you have to let all that go. And who is that? Who's coming in late also? Do you guys still have dreams all the time? Like the panic? Well, like panic. Like I feel like for everyone on SNL, like I actually just asked Will recently because I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And I was like, I fucking had an SNL dr- dream last night. It's like, I have them all the time. They kind of replace the like late for the test or whatever. Yeah. Sort yes, of, you know, that's it. That you're all ready and you know, you're supposed to be out there and you're not there. Yeah. yeah. Or I have the ones I thought about when you said the cue cards, like I have one where I can't see the cards. Like they're like, yeah. my eyes are blurry and yeah. I can't clear my, my eyes or like, you're trying to make it to 8H and you can't get through the, all the fucking agents. I got that was uh, always a, <laughs> oh yeah all the all those guys <laughs> kind of hanging around. I, oh, I never will point. understand that. It was like it, how many la- layers of chaos can we add? Oh, I know we won't actually have a green room where all the <laughs> douchebaggery of Hollywood hangs out. We'll let them just like mill but, around by in the, the hallways desk, so that by the desk at eight like, H. And never clear a path. Like you were constantly like, I have it. It's just the panic I, of getting gotta, through those I gotta, doors. I gotta, I'm doing something here, and then I being know, in Lawrence's tiny office. Yell. 
And I saw. And you're dressed as Will. like Raggedy Ann or something super embarrassing. You've got you know? a bald cap on for two hours, and your head is yeah. just raw and sweating. And you're in that little room. And Lauren, you look at the the shows. The show, the sketches are in little cards, and they're yeah. moving around. You're going, well, hopefully it'll be okay. We'll see. Or you know? you're in a quick change area, and your agent has an Amstelite and sticks his head in. What's going on here? And you're like, they're like hey, 10 buddy. seconds. I'm like, get out of here. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck you out of my Where's the after party again? Is it at Orso? <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, can we come? All, all of those. Like, we want to come down and support you. I remember one time yelling, like, if you want to support me, turn on your TV and stay home. <laughs> stay home. <laughs> are they but still your representation? The party? <laughs> Amazingly, they are. That's but, good. But, you know, it's, it was just a lot to, like, when I think about, because especially in the theater where you have, like, I mean, whatever, like any piece of, they treat you like such a child in any other aspect of entertainment. Like show business, you're like your, your call time and you confirm your call time and make a thing. And somebody's moving you along and like feeding you. And we were such like feral children. Like yeah. you know, we women, like we have so much hair and makeup and we would just, I actually couldn't believe it when the last time I went back and I was like, you have to like do all this math yourself. You have to go like, oh, right. We have to be ready for dress at eight oh five. I better get in the chair by six thirty. Yeah, right. I better like you're always like doing your That's own true. stage management. Yeah. And did you have a? I think Dana, you lived at the Bromley. I was on eighty fourth yeah. and West End, and uh, I knew nothing about New York. But I did know that I thought it was odd later in show business that they didn't get me to the show. So if if yeah. Saturday show is at one or whatever, we have to be there. I'm at home going. I can't get a cab. It's snowing. And I'm just walking going, does anyone give a fuck? I won't be at rehearsal. Now they would never let you. They'd be, I don't know about no. the show, but any movie or anything I do, they're yeah. like, we got a guy. They can keep track. Where is he? Make sure he's early. You're at Ellen. They're calling 50 it's times. A, it's a lot of executive functioning, if you will, for a lot of people without those skills. Right. It was weird. You know? I'm like, I'm like, how does how did no Norm McDonald ever like get we, to the show? I know. I think your generation had more food. But by the time we got there, <laughs> speaking of Norm McDonald, he kicked in. There was like, all we had was a one- soda machine and he kicked it in the first week like <laughs> got mad at it and they removed it and then literally it was just like no food like we would steal tootsie rolls from lauren's office and popcorn the from popcorn office. from lauren's like, office where are my lifesavers yeah exactly it was tootsie rolls remember he liked tootsie rolls mm. and then like right um and then Take and one. booze there was like booze around kind of but like nothing I mean, nutritious kind of, like on and definitely you would steal Chinese food from his office on Saturdays. Right. Yeah. Did you guys ever do that? Oh, yeah. Got, yeah. Yeah. You would go in there and just- Oh, outside of his office? Yeah, the Shun Li yeah. would be yeah. out there. Yeah, Shun Li. Like, oh, yeah. like forage. Yes. Yeah, you would forage his Shun Li. And then, like, and then for a while, the Rosie O'Donnell uh, show was down the hall uh, in 8H, so, like, <laughs> at the AG. And so they had food in their, like, our dressing rooms- they so knew would, what like, was up. Eat, there was a lot of like dumpster diving for television. The point actors, of it is, is that it. you're a cast member on SNL. It is just not glamorous. Afterwards, if you're at the Emmys or something, it's glamorous, but not the actual Very. show. It's I totally know it sounds so spoiled because here you are on television, but it really is. Like if I think about how I think there was a lot of stress around all of that, like trying to figure out where the hell, like you said, like one time, this is, a, this is crazy. I remember trying to get home on a Friday night. I think eventually they started calling cars for us on Friday night. I don't know why. A lot of trouble because getting was, cars the whole time I was there. But cars is always, always yeah, maybe. But always so hard. I was. It was a Friday night. It was super late, and I had like it was the holidays, so I had like a lot of stuff with me that I was like trying to get home, and 
I could, there were no caps because the holidays, you know, the minute yeah. that tree goes up around 30 rock, you're screwed for the next six weeks. And I was down past the New York public library. So I was like 40th or 39th at this point. And I'd been walking a super long time and hailing a cab, like just walking down fifth Avenue. I live downtown. And so just arm up. And it was such a, like out of a movie. Cause it was, it was my first season. And this is also a tribe tribal moment. This cab pulls up. The door swings open and he sticks his head out. He goes, Ah, Ackroyd, get in. Ackroyd. Ackroyd. And I was like, how does Dan Ackroyd know who I am? How does he see me? Like, it was like, he just saw this like pathetic pauper child trying to get a cab on a Friday night in the snow. I know. And again, it was just like the tribe, the tribe. That's so Weird. nice. Dan Aykroyd is very nice. a very generous person that way. At least Sweetheart. he has been. Well, to he me. he wrote, yeah. he t- took me home, and I remember thinking, like, do I pay? Like, what do I do? Do I pay? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just thought Aykroyd and Belushi and those guys and Chevy and Bill Murray were just sort of badass pirates that would fight you or make you laugh or punch you or get. I mean, and then when I'm cast, so cool. the only one I saw of my tribe kind of physically at the time was Martin Short. I said, okay. Maybe a wiry Irish guy can be in here. But when you get cast on that show, you are I don't know how you feel worthy. It was my first time doing sketch comedy. I just hoped it wow. would work out. Never had wow. done it before. But I adapted my stand-up to sketch. But so yeah. one thing- well, did, By the way, okay, go ahead. Well, I, I'm just, I, when we go around to this, I'm just very interested because I, I watched the uh, um, NPR gals today oh. and I, I thought no sketch that quiet and that paste has ever killed that hard. I was about to ask about that. Yeah. Because, it, you know, a lot of the stuff is kind of yelling and rock and roll yeah. and singing, but yeah. that was intentionally so quiet. And you and Molly never pushed, never completely in the pocket of it, and it just was uh, seduced the audience so much. It was, uh, so it's a unique sketch in that it was at home base, right? Which helps yeah, probably. Base. Thank Good God. observation. So, uh, the, did it start at home base, or did it move there out of popularity? It did start there. I I don't think they didn't. I don't think they thought it was going to work. Um, exactly. I mean, for a number of reasons, whatever. We can talk gender politics or whatever. But it was a, a new time there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You two know. girls I mean, in really, a sketch. What are we doing? I mean, here? it was just like too quiet. Yeah, exactly. But I had <laughs> done quiet. it at the ground and, and quiet. And I think they were. It was buried pretty deep in the lineup. Oh, okay. But I had done it before, and it was weirdly relaxing because it was so quiet. Because you know, it's like Will used to always. Um, Will really loves bombing. Like he could, he could like really like <laughs> lean into the bomb, like sort of like like a pig in a mud bath. Yeah, and like it. that sketch has a similar quality. Not that it was bombing, but that that you would just like get to kind of surf the silence. If that makes sense. By the way, sense. You, they sort of audience feels like they have to earn it. Like I have to really pay attention here and get this mm. one. It's not being fucking thrown at me. They have to be like, okay, this is this is the one where we gotta find the jokes and really like yeah, stew in so. it. It's nice. That's those are nice that they even do them. I know. I I thought I think they thought it was gonna bomb, and then and really, you know, Carlock and and Dennis wrote it with me too, McNicholas. So they're brilliant writers, obviously. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, did they do you have help um, writing? Robert Carlock. Yeah. yeah, but it was always fighting like what the character would say versus what they want. You know, they were all and they're they're like. Harvard. So they were like, and then four more robots come in and the moon moon landing will happen, you know, whatever, but they were brilliant. I mean, they're structurally so brilliant that they could like, it was the perfect, actually, I think for me, tension between a character and a premise and what kind of can like move that idea forward a little bit. 
And I, I do think if you, uh, and I didn't get there just confidence-wise until I happened to then do Carson, which I've talked yeah. about, but that was something that was relatively quiet compared to, you know, Wayne's World or something. But I just yeah. knew it was so funny in my head that it was the only sketch I did where I the audience didn't really matter that much to me. So it yeah. felt like you and Molly were so in the pocket and so connecting with the dry slowness and playing the pauses that there was no sense of neediness or sense oh, of... Oh, that's awesome. To hear I mean, that's what that I'm way. feeling. It felt know. that way. I mean, it definitely felt like it was out of space and time. And like I said, I had done it. I had done it at the Groundlings. So I, I, I knew it was capable of... Yeah. Of, crushing yeah um because it really was a hit sketch there but uh i had you know not a lot but i'd done it a couple times and i i in the sunday show but i knew kind of what to anticipate when you i don't know i, I don't know I, we're, we're not going to keep you forever but i have another question if you this is interesting to me so you have that npr sketch in your pocket when you get there but yeah. How fast do you whip it out? Or did you come out of the gate? You were doing okay. Cause sometimes you get scared and you go, I got to get on or they're going to fire me or you know what I mean? I, I was pretty productive. Cause you were a full cast member. You didn't come in as a feature. No, and then become... I don't even get that either. Like, uh, I don't know why that happened. You were but, just, full um, you got to be full cast right away. Yeah. I did, which oh. I, I really don't know why that happened. Ooh. Um, well, because it doesn't seem to have much of a rhyme or reason. I think it was because I was telling, like I was in that that off year. I really don't know why. It was like I started in September, or I, I just I think they were like whatever. I, I mean, nobody was paying attention. Well, your audition so, must have helped a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I think Fred Wolf was like a real champion, as I remember. I, I he left like immediately upon getting there. But Anna, I was Anna, like, can I talk to you for a second? I'm going to talk about you in a second. I just want to talk about <laughs> no, Dana no, for one no, thing, and I'm going to talk about you. You're really funny. He's funny too. Not not quite as funny. Anyway, this is really good. Uh, I think this would be great. Probably work. But I think, anyway. Oh my god, it's so funny what you did. Oh my I god, I came. I had a few like smarty you. advocates, and and McKay really liked me early, and um, and he was you know I think recent head writer there. Um, I don't know. Like I just I think I had like advocates in the room that I didn't. I don't know why that. And who were like, who were your in the uh, primary helping. bandmates essentially then? Um, uh, you had Molly, you had uh, Rachel well, so, yeah, Dratch later and Maya. Well, so later. yeah, I was going to say transitionally, like I was kind of bridge. I was, a, I, I consider myself like a bridge cast. We were sort of the vanguard, like Sherry and Molly and I sort of did this thing for the reputation, mm -hmm. you know, partially just timing of the, of the gals. Like right. we just started getting attention as a tr trio. Um, but then Fairly quickly thereafter, they brought in Tina as a writer. She definitely advanced that cause. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I left, it was like, you know, Polar and Maya and Rachel. And like, it had like a full-blown yeah. lady, lady vibe. Um, so I actually spend a lot of time we're, with the second half of that group of women. I mean, a lot. Like, we travel together and we talk every day. So that's Maya, by, Rachel. It's Maya, Tini, Maya Tina, Amy. Mm -hmm. Rachel, Paula, Teeny and Amy, Teeny and, Amy. and Paula yeah. Pell. And, yeah. And Paula Pell. Great writer. And, uh, and but by the way, that's a lot of home run hitters. And you say about women, mm -hmm. but it, that's a lot of solid, solid oh, for sure. talent. Well, I think yeah. we found, all around the I mean, same I don't time. want to speak for them, but, and Spivey too. Um, we, like I said, I don't want to speak for them, but I will speak for myself that for me, the sort of, you know, because the, the show itself is organized in this kind of racehorse fashion. And so you yeah. can't really pay a lot of attention to your tribe or whatever in house. I mean, you, it's like you're like you're loyal to your family, but you hate them. Like you know, it's this weird combination yeah. of things. But then after, in the sort of like 
gratitude phase, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. really close to those women. I think kind of looking back and going like, you know, so few people on the planet earth understand what shaped and made yeah. who, us who we are. And even a, it, and like, you made it through. And I feel that way about SNL people in general, but especially, especially those women, just because it, it, it we were really outnumbered and, you know, it, and, uh, yeah, I just well, I, I really feel that was the the first time the turning point in terms of like when my cast was there, and we had Jan Hooks and Nora Dunn and stuff. But yeah, and I, they were incredible, and they're incredible. They're, they're but why I, I wanted to do the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jan Hooks, just you know, supernatural. Nora Dunn. Brilliant. I looked up to them when I got yeah. there. I, I had like a crush on them both because they were so good. I'm like, they're so talented. Oh my god, I know. I know. They're so talented. And at read through, you learn about people from read through and see how good they are when they grab a script they haven't seen it and they're like yeah. nailing it and you're like what the fuck yeah jan it's could true. do it but that's another weird like right i always say like we're mutants we're we're sort of like we we are we have a mutant skin we're made we're made a little different i'm gonna walk and plug in my computer which is a little gauche i like this um, uh i know but, you get to see the whole the whole operation she's like i planned this many batteries for this interview i know you know what my husband told me that i'm actually gonna throw immediate blame he told me that he had charged this Immediate blame, not immediate. Even we call it the blame all. reflex in our house. Just you injure yourself; it's your spouse's fault. Looking to save on delivery? Dash Bash from DoorDash is your door to zero dollar delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited zero dollar delivery fees on eligible orders and members only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants grocery from across town, or anything in between. Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, Dash Pass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. Dash Pass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients, safe, clean kitchens. All that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why, why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's Dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you you put it in their bowl and they go, What is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, Really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm -hmm. like, so Farmer's Dog isn't just no. higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And <laughs> it's just one of the biggest indicators 
of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat Mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. But all I wanted to say was, as a casual observer of that cast, of those your bandmates, the Maya and Amy, they're, yeah. uh, when I've run into them casually, they're so affable, so honest. Uh, there's a humility around all c- performers at some basis, and then there's a confidence. So they're just fun. And I yeah. do think that the the cast never went backwards after that. I think it was at least 50-50 men and women dominance, and maybe more women almost. It made it, that definitely yeah, changed I mean, in the last 20 years, you know, with between the Kate McGinnon and, and the and, writing, you know, big all chunk. the different women now on the huge. show too. Yeah, huge, huge, and they're yeah. playing they're playing men now a lot. I mean, the culture <laughs> has changed. The culture, of, you know, yeah. the, 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 it's Lauren a wrote the place. Constitution and just said it eventually right. it'll be a female dominated show. It'll just happen. But there are, I mean, <laughs> and that's true. I think also it's so nice to see so many black cast members. I mean, that's that's a, ch- a demographic yeah. shift too. Like it's yeah. th- that's just reflective of our of society in general beginning kind of waking up yeah but um it's good and everyone's been scoring so totally and i don't have like i I feel like i got i did not feel screwed over i felt very celebrated there and very fortunate to be honest um and and who knows but like me too i was just speaking (laughs) to the to the quality of like when you're saying the tribe like who you people and Mm -hmm. and i i there like i said there's so many people that i run into that i love pretty much anyone but um from the era but I, in a really regular way, like we just sort of fell into this kind of coffee clutch where we talk all the time and celebrate each other's birthdays. And again, that's it's not awesome. just SNL, but it's also like, well, you know, so I, I have to plug it before I, Dratch and I actually wrote a movie together this year and that's about to come out. Um, and again, just speaking of shorthand, yeah. talk about get, making something go fast, so much faster than it would have. If, she's if, with Rachel. She's so funny. Yeah. We, yeah, we wrote this. Um, as funny as they come. Yeah. Parody. She's yeah. so funny. Yes. So we wrote it together. And we, we actually produced it and we we're in it. And what's and it, it called? On. And when's It's called it a cluster funk Christmas. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I read about that. And again, just being able to write it with a, a, a fellow, you know, uh, alumna. So we have all that, all that shorthand and usually so with much shorthand. the sensibility is within the same frequency. So when anyone says, oh, both people go, oh, that's it. Oh, we're going to do that. The number of times that would happen. It was like uncanny, like just in the notes or whatever, like in the edit, they would, we would each go back in the note and be like, Oh no, no, I didn't like what he did there either. Or yes, I like that take. There were so many things like that. I can't, and just maniacal, which I had forgotten. And it's not that I don't love all the other jobs that I, I do. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, I do, I always find something fun, but the maniacal, like weird, hormone releasing brain laughs mm-hmm. when you get laughing with an SNL or I don't know what it is like that writing sick laugh. Yeah. Exhausted. You know what I'm talking about yeah. where you just cry laughing mm-hmm. and you can't. That's part of the fun. Cause you, you go, we just hit on a great idea. We just hit on a great thing. And it's such a euphoria rush. It's of euphoria. Like, Shit. We're so fun. <laughs> like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, like that goes off in your brain when you, when you, 
the happy place. An endorphin dopamine. rush. Like, dopamine. Yeah, endorphins. Yeah. Endorphin. Yeah. Like, just like a crazy yeah. endorphin. And we did it every single day we were filming. And we were playing, like, it's all set in, you know, the Christmas scene world. And we're, we play these hor- horrible, like, Mrs. Claus, like, Rankin and Pass characters. <laughs> That's so stupid. Anyway, we, you know, in same SNL style with the worst wigs ever. Yeah. Like, popping. This, like, <laughs> the more you laugh, like, the spirit gun's, like, popping free because you're laughing yeah, so hard. or just fun. crying and the makeup's calling out. It was... It was a, such a joy ride to do and such a great memory of what that is. And uh, Sugar and Booze, you tour with your band, you a big yeah. kind of an orchestra and you you actually sing. It's funny, but you're actually like a cabaret yeah, I, singer. I, it's a Christmas album I released in 2019, yeah. Sugar and Booze. And I, I wrote a bunch of Christmas songs. It's a really mm-hmm. throwbacky album. I feel like you guys would like it. It's uh, we have horns. We don't. It's not a full orchestra, but I, I have a big. But, yeah, I saw I saw you on Zeth's show with your like a, maybe a six piece band singing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super fun. So it's just very throwbacky, old timey, nostalgic mm-hmm. holiday vibes. Um, uplifting. Jeez, you're, too. you're busy. You're Drink touring there. You're making too. movies. You're just. Yeah, and I actually have a big. If we're plugging, I'm actually on a new show for NBC. Auto, auto, American, do it. What American is it called? Auto. American Auto. Yes. Yeah. I saw your that Wikipedia page. It sounded like a part you could crush with. Oh my god, it's so fun! I mean, it's very, it's a very much of an NBC show. It looks yeah. like an NBC show. It's got Justin Spitzer who created it. Um, he started that show, Superstore, mm-hmm. and he wrote on Office for a long time. Yeah. So he's, it's got that whatever you want to call so it. So you're the Cinema kind of Verite. cocky executive with no r- intrinsic knowledge. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah. no. She comes from, yeah. she comes from no big knowledge. pharma and she doesn't know anything about cars. <laughs> you know, Anna, I, uh, I looked you up and we'll let you go. But lastly, I want to say you, <laughs> it says all these great facts about oh, you. No. And then one on its own line says, she's friends with Ken Jong. <laughs> Did you look? Is it on Wikipedia? Yeah, it's got your own line and section. Yeah, and I'm like, like, I saw it. It's got, it's got okay. a big gap That's where around you know it. It's like crowdsourced bio. <laughs> like, who's that person? Who's like, you know what I need to add here? Hmm. Yeah, let's give a complete package of who she is. Also, I love so that because I kind from- of know Ken Jong, but it, it's not like we have Thanksgiving <laughs> together. It's not number he's kind one. of the I nicest mean, guy yeah. in show business in a way, he's right? Unbelievably yeah, nice. Yeah. I, 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 the only reason they said that is I did that. Re- he could be on mine. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm going to say she's friends with David Spade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, give me my own line at least. You guys both get a line now. Uh, I mean, we've spent a yes. lot of time together now. We have. I know. All right, funny men. All right. Thanks yeah, for having me. Thank you very much. so fun much. to see you. We're going to run into you at the 50th maybe. Oh, hell. Right. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, I don't know. How, oh, how do you feel about that when it comes up out of curiosity? What's your like gut? Well, like I felt or? like the 40th kind of was just by a wing and a prayer, but sort of turned out quasi-magical, probably. More than quasi. As a mic yeah. drop for Lauren and just that. And I totally Lauren agree. had said at the time, everyone, not everyone of us will be here for the 50th. So it's a little bit like Civil War veterans in the 1930s, you know, coming out. And oh uh, so I don't know, but I mean, I don't know. It seems a little bit like a bridge too far, but yeah. I, I agree with you. Like that was such a, re- in all of our minds, like the yeah. most, I mean, I, w- I don't know about yeah. you. I like took to my bed after that for like a, my, oh, yeah. my, like the, I felt like I'd been on drugs or something. Like the it crash. Was, it was, was an so overload of every cast yeah. member and just the intensity. Well, everywhere you turn and any, and, and it's a one place <clears throat> instead of some Hollywood party where you feel like you sort of belong there. So 
when you have oh God, Keith so Richards or something go, hey, and they're nice because they're on your turf. Right. You know, in a right. weird way. It's right. And it is. It's such an equalizer. That's such a good way of putting it because it is true. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I am very, I get very, when people say, oh, how do you get nervous about, who did you get the most nervous about meeting? And it is weird when you're working at the show, you you don't really, because you're home and they're coming to your house and you want to make them welcome. They're coming and, to you. Yeah. They're more scared. They're more scared. Yeah. It's like spiders. Not really. Paul, Paul McCartney um, gave me a back yeah. massage during the good nights. That was my... <laughs> I didn't uh, well, get during one. the good nights, you know, and I'm off to the side and then Eddie Murphy and everyone's over in the center. And then I feel this, you know, and I look and it's Paul just want to see how you're doing. And, you know, just feel tight, you know. <laughs> so there were three chairs watching a monitor and I sat and it was Steve Martin sat in that one. Then Jim Carrey sat in that one. We're all watching and just start laughing and talking. And I go, when are you going to be with, you know, just in just or the vicinity, wherever you stood, wherever you turned. Someone you're like, ah, that guy, that girl. I know, and yeah, plus it would be fun, like fun, Peyton fun. Manning and like Diane yeah. Sawyer. Like they're, like it was yeah. so oh, it was many everybody. levels of American yeah. culture that yes. like it just, yeah. it, it, I think Sarah Palin was there. Like everybody was stop. famous it, but, in the bleachers. Every face was famous. But in a, all oh, yeah. different ways. All like, different and stripes. They, like you said, they all know who you were. It was the weirdest feeling. Yes. Ever. No plus ones. I, I will say for myself, because you always think, well, where do I stand? I haven't done anything in a while. You can get into self-deprecation, but sure. for, for myself, if I had anyone on SNL or really anywhere make me laugh really hard just once, I'm sort of respectful and a fan at that point. You know, I, I don't. You I'm are not, in the great. You're you're yeah. in the like the most important cornerstone that i think for a lot of us i think what you're saying is that same thing whatever bitterness or anxiety or therapy sessions you've had i've had your own personal journey yeah you know all of us the the show certainly brings those things about like that evening was this moment where and you could say like i'm i'm actually weirdly a part i have no choice but to embrace this yeah i'm like part italian and part snl like whatever it is you know right it's your dna and mutant skin, like I keep saying, like I don't, you know, like an Avenger or something. Like nobody <laughs> in the real world, like I've done theater, music theater people are so fun. I've done TV, half hour people mm-hmm. are so wonderful. SNL people are like straight up tribal. Like that is my. There's only so one. Yeah. Screwed up. Yeah. It's crazy. It's still on live in New York and everything. It's amazing. I know, and it's yeah. fun too. When you, my kids now, I have a 13 year old. My 19 year old's like, you know, last year. When she was like, can I please just go to the show? I guess it was, was it last year or the year before? Before, you know, it was Mulaney, I think. She was just like, can we go see it live? Like, I'm old enough and I've never been, you know. Um, and then the 13-year-old now, like, we wait, we stay up every Saturday. and it's really Oh, fun. do they walk down the hall and they say see a picture of their mom? Well, my 8-H? 13-year-old hasn't been there yet. Okay. And also, you know, they're annoyed by me because I have a lot of, you know, feedback. But um, also, Peacock now... Yeah. I bet you know this, but that's also. Oh, does it run them? Runs all of our stuff, and it you can you can like t- this last summer was a fr- you can type in like a certain oh wow. era or show or whatever. So I oh. actually sometimes I've been known to wow. pour myself a generous and sit down <laughs> with the children and force them to watch Mother's Material. Take a look. <laughs> There's just one more. You learn. ain't going to bed. Not on now, my time. Now this guy wasn't uh, successful, but let me tell you something. It was. It was. It was. This, it was ahead of its time. You think it was easy? This one was from dress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Be All right, well. Now Thank I'm out you of batteries. for having me. Anna. Thank we'll you so see much. You when we see you, good luck to you. God bless. Loved hanging out. God bless. Take. Take care. 
Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Hey, guys, this is this is a question we have from Ted Ted Sean from Swanee, Ted, Georgia. Ted Sean Swanee, hello, my baby. Hey, guys, love hearing all the great stories about SNL over the years. Can either of you remember... Whether it's at Read Through Dress or Air, the hardest you ever saw Lauren laugh. Mm. You probably have one. Keep the shows coming. Do you think Lauren would come on the podcast? We told Lauren. I think he will one day. It's all just so- Whenever- all, Lauren is the biggest star of the podcast. We talk about him all the time. Yeah. Whenever uh, he would like to, it's an open invitation. Can we do it S- between Dress and Air? President Obama. Can we do it at the page desk? It's that thing of like- no, we love Lauren. Um, <laughs> you gave up. You just started. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just. <laughs> You're burnt out on doing Lauren. I'm, really, it's, you know, it's, everyone knows it's a movie theater and not a podcast studio. <laughs> oh, this is my movie theater. <laughs> yeah. This is fun in here, though. I, oh, I'm not going to watch awesome. the movies, so we have this in here. You, you did live like 1.3 miles. That's the thing about LA. Yeah. It's a 45-minute drive. Then you look at <laughs> all the things like 1.6 miles. Yeah. Jesus, just what's all with traffic. the traffic? But then you move from your other place to this place to 0.09 from my place. So when it's not 100 degrees out, I could probably walk I'm like, Danny, you're going to walk? He's like, no, it's 40 minutes. Mm. Okay, so here it is. Okay. The hardest you heard Lauren laugh, and then- uh. Okay. I, I'm trying to think of one. I have ones that are second tier or second hand. Okay. Bill Hader told me that Lorne told him that the funniest thing he ever heard was, this is Bill Hader saying, not yeah. me, was me uh, doing Burt Lancaster, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas as more than friends. Put it that way. That's how you put it? Mm-hmm. Are they well, I do it sex? now. I do it more yeah, do like it. they're going to wrestle. Uh-huh. I like to come to your house. I like to wrestle. I like to wrestle too. 49574 Cannon Drive. There's a <laughs> gate at the side. Pound 1274. And I'll be there at 4 p.m. Should I bring anything? Bring lemonade and bagels. We're going to get naked. Two men naked wrestling in the backyard. <laughs> Sorry. It goes on and on. I love I can't, it. I'm not that into it. But I heard that was that. Another one I heard, and this was Rob Schneider's sketch, but I was ah. in it. Massive head wound, Harry. They oh. said that Lauren, because it was a dog going crazy, laughed incredibly hard. Lauren has a great sense of humor and has a violent, intense, sudden laugh. Yeah. You When you're around him, just like really loves comedy. By the David. way, if he laughs... I can't think of a, a particular instance, but when he laughs at read through, and if he laughs at one of your sketches, it is so fun because you know what's getting on. He slaps the table, laughs, and it's unreal because he. The last three years, it was Lorne host me. Oh, the that's layout. a hot so seat. So I'm right next through. to him, and yeah. I'm right next to the host. So they get a fucking tsunami of bo because I'm so nervous. It's like those, you know, uh, nuclear bomb commercials where it's like everything goes flat. You know, it's like. <laughs> Tom Hanks is like, like flat when I take off my shirt. I'll be taking off my shirt for this next sketch. I used to get spaghetti delivered from a Wally. What is it called? Wally and Frank's? Oh, yeah. Wally something. Not Moose on Franks. It's Wally yeah. Joseph's. And Marcy would get someone to get it and they'd 
walk in and put it in front of me in front of fucking everyone. I'd be like, thanks. You had to be fed on a regular basis or be like timber time. I mean, that gets a little bit of humidity in that room if David does not get a little bit of food in him. Sickening. It is timber time. They crack the window one quarter of an inch. Anyway, Lauren laughed a lot of read through. I, that's a good question. I wish I had a better. I don't know. I have a specific answer, moment. Yeah. I will say this because he's your boss, and he's seen it all. He's heard every style of comedy. When you get him to laugh really hard, it's very special. <clears throat> Thank you, Ted. Funny last name. And Jimmy Carter says hello. I'm still on the Peanut Ranch. I'm 107, and uh, Jesus loves you. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 